You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We're talking Pirates baseball once again on this Friday, April 22nd, with our Pirates reporter, Adam Barry. Adam, thank you so much uh, for the time, and let's uh, begin with uh, Thursday night's activities. The uh, Pirates avoid a three-game sweep by crushing the Padres in the finale of that series, uh, 11-1. to Garrett Cole... Uh, looked like Garrett Cole for the first time this season. His previous start, he was good, but I think last night was the first time he said, that's the Garrett Cole we all know and love. Uh, six scoreless, his first win of the season again. He struck out seven. Now, Adam, he threw 97 pitches. Is that the only reason why he did not go out there for the seventh? Uh, actually, the reason he didn't go out for the seventh is because uh, the Pirates scored eight runs in the seventh inning, and he went to the plate twice. <laughs> uh, he got hit in the foot, and uh, at, you know, at a certain point when he got a 10-run lead, uh, even Clint Hurdle, who was actually trying to get him, clearly was trying to get him in the seventh inning, um, as evidenced by the fact that he sent him to the plate twice with a 10-run lead, uh, just said, figured it didn't make any sense to send Cole back out there. They want to get him seven ups, uh, seven innings, so it's not something that he's doing for the first time uh, whenever that happens, be it in May or probably May. Um, so, yeah, that was really the only thing standing between him uh, and seven innings last night. And just given the way that he got – stronger as the, as the game went on. You figure it probably would have been seven scoreless innings with you know, eight or nine strikeouts against the Padres. Um, that was, like you said, that was Garrett Cole. That was the pitcher that everyone was expecting to see. I think that was the pitcher that he was uh, expecting to see. And, you know, being Garrett Cole, he was even a little bit critical of his own start. He said his fastball command was better against uh, Detroit. He was really happy with his off-speed stuff. He was really happy with how he worked with Cervelli and just the way that he felt in general, which really might be the most encouraging thing for the Pirates over the last week. Yeah, he certainly uh, looked good again last night, the six scoreless and the seven Ks as the uh, Pirates win it convincingly 11-1. to So regarding uh, the pitch count, like you said, that had no bearing on him only pitching the six innings. It was rather that offensive explosion where it was unnecessary to put him out there for the seventh. But are there any restrictions right now um, on workload, on pitch count, or do the Pirates feel that he is uh, completely back and they would have no problems seeing him go 100, 110, even beyond that at some point. Yeah, in fact, Ken Hurdle talked about this uh, the other day because uh, even to this point, heading into this series against the Diamondbacks in Arizona, the Pirates have only had a couple a couple starts in which the starter has thrown 100 pitches, and they've thrown exactly 100 pitches. Liriano did it once, um, and that's sort of the one that stands out. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no restrictions on Cole. They want him to go 110, 115. They want Liriano to go 110, 115 if he's pitching well. I think they're starting to trust John Neese to do that a little bit more. Um, if the situation falls forward and if he starts to get rolling, I think they're going to be careful in terms of pitch counts with Jeff Locke, and probably with Juan Nicasio, or if anybody else uh, slides into the rotation like Ryan Vogelsong did uh, the other day. But I think with Cole and Liriano, they're going to let him go as they can. Uh, depending on how the game's going, because they still do, when things are going right, they still do have enough bullpen depth, especially in the 7th, 8th, and ninth innings, to where they don't need to force a guy out there to throw 120 or 125 if it doesn't look like he has command of uh, everything that he needs to. And, Adam, of course, you just made mention of uh, Jeff Locke in that mix of starting pitchers uh, behind Garrett Cole. And uh, not going all that well for Mr. Locke right now. Uh, the Pirates dropped Wednesday's game to the Padres 8-2. Uh, to two. And, again, a very rough performance uh, for Locke. Uh, gave up eight runs on 11 hits. Uh, the ERA for the season, uh, not good, 7.24. Now, to his credit, he 
in your discussions with him after the game. He didn't seem too overly concerned about the performance. He feels that he's executing his pitches. He's getting the ground balls. They're just not – they're finding – they're just finding holes right now. So what's your personal assessment of his struggles? Do you feel he has a, a right right now to feel good about himself and to think that the numbers are going to turn around and they're going to reflect what he's done in previous seasons? I, mean, I think he has reason to feel better than his ERA looks, but there are still some, some pretty significant issues that he has to get taken care of. The walks really are what comes back to get him pretty much at all times, even in you know the big game that he had the other day where he – gave up eight runs on 11 hits. It was the two guys that he walked who uh, sort of set off a big inning that came back around to score. So, I mean, yeah, the good balls, he was getting a ton of them uh, in that game. It was just they kept sliding through, they kept finding holes. But the uh, point is, when you can't put away guys, which is what he's had a lot of trouble doing, especially this season, um, then, yeah, I mean, they're going to come back to haunt you. It's, if you cannot get three strikes on guys, then you're giving them a chance to stay alive in the at-bat, put the ball in play, and you know, whatever happens after that happens. So, I mean, there's, there's reason to think that Locke won't be 7 ERA bad for much longer, but there are definitely causes for concern just with the way that he's walked guys um, and the, the struggles that he's had, uh, you know, putting away guys. unusual because he has that change-up that should be able to, you know, get some swings and misses. It just hasn't really been happening for him so far this season. Yeah, like you said, he he's better. I think we all know he's better than the 7.24 uh, ERA indicates, but uh, how good can he be if he gets past these struggles? That is the big question that remains. We'll see what happens with Jeff Locke in the uh, next couple of starts. Uh, Adam, on the offensive side of things, you had a rather interesting article the other day about the Pirates uh, kind of struggling, at least before last night, with runners in scoring position as we make this discussion. We have this discussion. They went 6-for-12 in that department last night, uh, which I have to think was their best performance of the season in that department. Nonetheless, uh, going into last night's game, I think they were only batting uh, 229 in those situations, good for just 21st in the majors. And again, this was before they explode last night and go 6-for-12. Uh, from your observations, is this a team that maybe they're a bit too anxious, they grip the bat a little too tightly when there's RBIs there for the taking, or is this maybe, on the flip side of things, just part of the, the randomness of baseball that you hope will kind of correct itself as the season goes on? Yeah, I think it's mostly the, the random uh, part of it because they're getting guys on base, um, which theoretically means that they're getting more chances in scoring position. And as general manager Neil Huntington pointed out, if you're getting those chances, you know, and if you still perform at a league average rate with runners in scoring position, it's going to look like you're stranding more guys um, just because of the sheer number that you've got on base. But, yeah, I mean, they've had some some guys stand out being below average in those situations, and the most concerning one is Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, Heading into last night, he was one for 17 with runners in scoring position. He hadn't done a whole lot with men on base in general. this season and you know you look at his numbers the on-base percentage looks good the power looks pretty good because he's he's a couple homers but the average is is pretty far down he's striking out more than uh than you would expect out of him or really anybody on this team given the the way that they've built their lineup so i think mccutcheon is maybe the concerning one right now but the reassuring part of that is that it's andrew mccutcheon if anybody's going to turn around and normalize those numbers it's him so you have to if anything, be encouraged by what you've seen from Josh Harrison with runners in scoring position, especially last night, uh, Gregory Polanco, Francisco Cervelli, guys like that, uh, who have sort of, you know, essentially carried the offense from the middle of the lineup, which uh, you have to consider a good thing given the way that 
this whole team with you know John Jay Phillip top, uh, Andrew McCutcheon in the two hole, and then hoping that those guys would sort of freed be freed up a little bit in the middle of the order. So far, that part has delivered. It's just and Jason delivered atop the order. It's just McCutcheon seems to be you know kind of an unusually weak link point of the season yeah and and like you said if it was anybody else uh that would be a big time concern but this is a guy is a former mvp the face of the franchise and you look back to 2015 he got off to a very slow start last year before he really picked it up and was himself uh the last half last third of the season and put up numbers comparable to anybody in the game so like you said you don't want to see your superstar struggle, but if somebody has to struggle, it might as well be your superstar because he's got the track record. And as you said, those numbers uh, should normalize over the course of a season. I don't think anything to worry about where Andrew McCutcheon is concerned. Now, uh, another interesting note, Adam, is that on Wednesday night, uh, the Pirates actually became the last team in the majors to face a left-handed starting pitcher, which I found interesting. Now, given the general makeup of this team, did that help them or hurt them in the first few weeks of the season, not seeing any lefties, at least at first? It's kind of weird because they don't have a ton of left-handed hitters. I mean, there are two starters uh, that bat left-handed are Jason and Polanco. So you would think, that, oh, you know, this is going to be a lot. They're all facing, uh, you know, left-handers. But then their personnel situation is still a little bit weird right now to the point where you wind up, in a, you know, the first time they see a lefty starter, and then it's Francisco Cervelli at first base for some reason. Um, so that was a little odd. And, you know, they took out Polanco just trying to get him a day off. I think he'll face lefties as the season goes on. And you wind up with Sean Rodriguez in, in right field and just kind of an unusual uh, makeup of, of the roster. Uh, you know, not the guys that you would expect and not the guys who would essentially carry the lineup for the better part of the first two of the season. So I think they're going to have to find a solution to that problem, maybe – uh, David Freeze eventually is ready to play first base because uh, he's a right-handed hitter. When Jung Ho Gung comes back, um, maybe you can figure out how to get Jason Rogers from AAA, who's raking right now, up onto the roster. He's a right-handed hitter who can play first base. Because I don't think, even as decent as Cervelli looked and as good a hitter as he is and as much as he wants to bat in the lineup, you're better off with him behind the plate and a more consistent regular option at first base. Um, it should be better off for the rest of the team. But, you know, they didn't have a lot of lefties last year, so they still got by winning 98 games in that situation. Yeah, it didn't affect them last year, and uh, it's hard to think it's going to affect them uh, significantly this season. But, again, interesting note, they were the last team in the majors to face a lefty starting pitcher. And you touched on Francisco Cervelli. Very odd to look at a box score and see Cervelli 1B. <laughs> it just, you know, it just looked weird. First time he's played first base since uh, 2014. Uh, kind of elaborate on you talked about the the makeup of the team when he is playing first base and where other people fall but what were the chain of events that led to him uh, being inserted at first base in the first place yeah it's funny Clint Hurdle I, I, I he put Cervelli at first base for the last inning of the last game of the homestand before they started on this trip now that was kind of weird but they were up by a whole lot of runs so I figured they were just kind of messing around trying to get people off their feet and so on so we asked about it um, the first game in Diego. I said, you know, why would you do that? And is there a situation where you could actually start a game that way? And Hurdle was kind of coy and saying, oh, you know, it's something we wanted to get a look at training, just, you know, emergency situation, whatever. Maybe you'll see it in the game uh, at some point in the, in the future. And as it turns out, that some point in the future was the next day. <laughs> so uh, basically they don't have a whole lot of other options. Mike Morris, they DFA'd and eventually released him. Uh, Freeze hasn't put a whole lot of work in. 
uh, at first base defensively so far, and then your other guys are left-handed hitters with pretty uh, severe puts with John Jato and potentially Matt Joyce. Your other option is John Rodriguez, but they wanted to start him in right field, so all of a sudden you have Francisco Cervelli, first baseman. And it's uh, it's always the case with any Major League Baseball season, a lot of strange twists and turns, and uh, that one the latest for the Pirates is Francisco Cervelli playing some first base. We'll see if he plays uh, any more significantly in the future. Uh, Adam Barry, thank you so much for the time and for your contributions this week. We'll do it again uh, next week for sure. Matt Waymire signing off in the meantime for MLB.com Extras, Pittsburgh Pirates. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.